This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to another episode of the There It Is Podcast, the Labor Day Special Edition episode. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. And I'm here with Justina. Say hello, Justina. Hello, Justina. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Gracie Allen. Okay. Is that like a reference from the 1940s? Uh Uh-huh, it is. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gracie Allen. You've heard of George Burns. Mm-mm. He was an old guy who died like 20 years ago, but he died at like 100. So okay. I thought maybe you would have uh, heard about him. Uh, anyway, old vaudeville guy, but he lived. She passed away a long time ago. Okay. So so you're saying vaudeville's in my blood? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so uh, thanks for being here, ladies and gentlemen, and we do appreciate it. And I am mad. I say ladies and gentlemen uh, because... Obviously, people are listening in large groups that have ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. to the podcast. I mean, right. that's just what people do. They get together, they they get around the old iPod, <laughs> and they listen to podcasts. And they get around the old iPod. Is <laughs> that vaudeville coming out again? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we are in a new space now. Uh, we just moved, so we've been doing that in the last week. It's been crazy, and um, crazy awesome. Crazy awesome, and uh, it, fun things going on in that in in our lives. And uh, last Monday, Justina did an improv show at the Magnet Theater mm-hmm. called yes. "We Might Just Kiss," which is it's an all ladies yeah. improv show. It's a lot of fun, um, and. I think that's one of the best names I've ever heard for an all-female uh, uh, improv show. Because yeah. there's all sorts of good names, but um, We Might Just Kiss is a really good one. I agree. And I'm performing tonight in um, a, a diversity show, uh, and it is called Mixtape, which is a great name because it's a jam. And you think old school when people would make a like a... a like a playlist or a jam, uh, like a tape. It was a mixtape. Yes. Of, of a mixtape of jams. Yes. Uh, but this is uh, a mixtape of people, uh, diverse people. And we're both looking forward to uh, more shows. I'm looking forward to tonight's show. Um, and uh, one thing I look forward to uh, just about every day is relaxing with some Bob Ross Uh I found out recently that Bob Ross, the painter who had the show, a public access show, um, in the 90s and maybe in the 80s as well, he uh, there are a couple of different shows on Netflix. And so I've been watching that. And I, and I grew up watching Bob Ross. I don't know if you knew about Bob yeah, Ross yeah. when you were little. Yeah, yeah. We watched him. I remember like my sisters and I would play a game. We'd watch Bob Ross and... We were just joking, but you know, every time he does something, it looks nicer and nicer and nicer. You know, agreed. So, yeah, because so. sometimes when he would do something, I would be like, "What are you doing that for? You done messed up now, Bob Ross." And then like he does a little something else, and you're like, "Oh, that looks great." Yeah. <laughs> I see where he's going now. 
What were you about to say about um, just that my sisters and I would play a game and we would be watching and um, we'd be like, oh, he's done now, and we're just joking. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he'd keep going and be like, whoa, he's still going. <laughs> and then we'd be like, and then another sister would be like, oh well, he's done now. And then he'd keep going and be like, oh, he's still going. He's not done. You don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's really neat um, to watch for me, but it's also relaxing, and that's why I watch it. Um, he's so nice. Yeah. And positive. I read somewhere, he was in the military, and I read that he wanted to, um, like, he had to yell a lot and that, and he vowed to never yell again after. Oh, for um, real? Yeah. Oh, so he was in a position of authority? He was like a sergeant or something like that. Wow. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how true that is. Uh, I choose to believe it. Yeah, I choose to believe it as well. But uh, I think... It's fun to watch, but I also feel like I learned some improv tips uh, when I'm watching it because I was watching it last night, and here's something. I took some notes because it made me think of of improv and performing, but he was saying we don't make mistakes when we uh, make things. He said we have happy accidents every once in a while, but we learn to work with whatever happens. And I'm thinking that's improv. Happy accidents. Yeah, I mean, instead but, of mistakes, instead of mistakes. Right, yeah. and all, I mean, like I've heard that in an improv workshop or class before. It's like, oh, you didn't make a mistake. It's like, oh, you didn't do something wrong. Yeah. But like, it's those little mistakes that lead to really fun twists and turns mm-hmm. in shows, and that's true. Like you hear that a lot in comedy. Bang bang. He was also saying not to copy what he's doing as you create what you're creating because the idea of course if people don't know is is it's kind of instructional so he's doing a particular painting but um he's saying don't copy this do what you want to do and again he kind of went into the mistakes there but he was saying look at what happens and take advantage of what happens and so that, again, goes back to the mistakes thing in an improv scene. Like, you want to uh, go along with it. When you mentioned the thing about playing a game with your sisters while you watch it, I thought it was going to be, like, every time he says happy cloud or happy tree or something like that. We take a shot or something? Yeah. Yeah. Because you were kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another thing that Justine and I had been talking about and we have independently thought about in regards to ourselves and performing and performance is confidence. Uh, We've had some discussions over time about confidence and just how much confidence a person has to have to really do the kind of work that we see and admire on stage or on the screen. And uh, you were saying something about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Um, So a couple weeks ago, I I was getting ready for work, and I just, it just happened in my mind, and I brought it up to Jason. I don't think Lin-Manuel is is the god, blah, blah, blah. Enough people say nice things about him that I feel like I don't have to say something nice before I say that I don't think he's very attractive. I don't think he has a good voice. And... Those are only two things, but basically... And I strongly disagree on both. He's uh, the sexiest man alive, and... uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But I do think he he has much more than a serviceable voice. Yes, agreed, but, like, it's not a Broadway voice. To me, to me, this is such a personal opinion, but, but like, Philippa Sue, who played Mm -hmm. Eliza, her voice is... It's 
unreal. It is the hmm. angels singing. So, so my point of all this was um, that he is ugly and no one should like him. I'm just kidding. Just that um, he um, he is so successful and he is obviously a really confident person because he wrote a Broadway show. Great, but he cast himself as the lead in this Broadway show, like the way lead. It's called Hamilton. And he plays Hamilton, and and I don't know. Justina would never do that, you know? Just, I I think I'm, I don't know, it's just like that takes, to me it sounds like that would take a ton of confidence to to mm-hmm. write an, a production, make it a reality, yeah. cast yourself as the lead, and just, I don't know, I think it's great. I, I don't mean this is it a bad thing at year, all. Like, that's yeah, great. Yeah, it sounds like you're throwing major shade, but <laughs> I know you don't mean it that way. I don't at all at all. I mean it as in, like, um, he he's not traditionally good looking you know he and and he's you know i don't know it's not so much to do with his looks <sighs> this has gone too far about his looks i'm just saying i really admire his confidence and i wish more young people had that confidence yeah i think some of it has to do with him maybe being from new york because people here are pretty confident kids who grew up here i think are a little sharper and more sure of right. themselves, maybe um, because they kind of have to learn that to walk the, th- the streets. But I think I've seen those glimpses of him being. He seems like an incredibly nice guy. Like, yes, I've seen videos and he seems like a, a nice, uh, a really nice yeah, dude. Yeah, so he's confident but not cocky. Exactly, and you know, I was listening to WTF that he was on, and uh, right at the beginning, Mark was like, "Do you get?" Lynn Manuel a lot and he was like please say Manuel but he didn't say it like a jerk or anything yeah. he wasn't being a jerk he just said and it, but he wasn't being overly nice he yeah. wasn't like oh uh, could you please say Lynn Manuel yeah. like he didn't do that thing either he very plainly said please say Lynn Manuel but the way he said it was just confident and kind in but just normal you know and I think there's this politeness thing, which they say politeness does not work in improv. Uh, I mean, you don't want to steamroll people like and be a jerk. The people but who say that are rude. <laughs> I appro- I've heard people not rude say it. Well, see, they're actually rude people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I think I try to be polite in improv, but we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. No, I think it's not off topic. I think because. I think politeness has to do with confidence in the sense that people who don't feel confident in themselves sometimes or that they're doing the right thing might be polite. Like, oh, I don't want to step out and give this idea. And they're really, you know, that they're sitting. Like being timid, not polite. Well, here's the thing. I think it ha- still has to do with confidence. I think they're saying, well, let me just see if anyone else has a better idea. Mm-hmm. That's still just them thinking their idea is bad. That's still a yeah. lack of confidence. Yeah, well, also... And they're hiding behind politeness. Mm, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> um, I, so, sometimes I have an idea. And sometimes it is pure genius. But you know what I do? <laughs> Instead of going out and initiating, I really do make sure no one else is going to initiate. Because sometimes I go out and initiate with my brilliant idea, but someone else is initiating with their idea, and then my brilliant idea dies it doesn't get to play out because two people came out to initiate and it just doesn't work so i always if i have an idea that i really like and i actually like i'm really confident about it i really do make sure that 
I am definitely the one initiating. Like, I don't want there to be any kind of ambiguity. Yeah, you have you to, know? like, initiate with confidence. I just but, think it, also, like, I just think politeness slows down things. But um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've seen... I just don't like the, t- the say using the term polite. I would I would prefer timidness because I think it um, politeness uh, is paramount. I think th- I see both things. I I apply timidness to timidness to something else, and uh, and politeness to other things that I see on stage that people do. And I think uh, there's definitely a Venn diagram where these things overlap. But I think. Confidence is one of the bigger issues. If somebody's confident, then they know how to walk out and and give off the vibe of like they're starting right now. Yeah, or if that, they're also confident, they know that. to see like they're confident in like I'm gonna come in at just the right time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm not saying the most confident person, but that's what I'm trying to do. Mm, yeah. Also, I, here I am talking myself down while I'm just trying to have a conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I am definitely not confident. I'm not even super like, confident. Like either. even in your podcast, mm-hmm. um, I'm not confident enough to even like talk at certain points. You know, it's because true. Because I don't want to interrupt you because it's your podcast and that's bullshit. Because women should be able to talk. Yeah, of course, you should be able to talk. Wonder Woman. He's covering my mouth right now. Can't He's covering my mouth. No, shut. <laughs> we'll talk about this off air. <laughs> Uh, so confidence being this big topic that we are dealing with and experiencing made me want to talk to an actual doctor about how to handle such an issue. So I called up a doctor by the name of Dr. Chloe Carmichael and talked to her about confidence and I recorded that interview. It's a real quick discussion, like 15 minutes. I'm going to play it right now so you can get a gander on how to handle confidence if gander is the right word to use it was in the old days gander this gander that (laughs) here is my chat with dr chloe well dr chloe there's a lot of talk about confidence and self-esteem people have seen posters and memes online and different things on instagram that talk about having confidence and self-esteem one thing they don't do is define what that is so can you define that for us please sure uh there's a interesting difference actually between confidence and self-esteem but Mm -hmm. um just you know focusing on confidence that would be your belief in your ability to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about confidence that I think sometimes people miss um, is that that belief can be increased uh, through practice. So people sometimes think that being confident is something that they just either are or they're not. Whereas actually being confident without having had practice is sometimes foolish. So um, people should keep in mind that if they don't feel confident, they can probably get there if they give themselves a little bit of practice. Excellent. And would self-esteem be just in what regard you view yourself and and how high you regard yourself? Right, right. So, uh, for example, even if maybe I'll never confidently throw a baseball, (laughs) I can still regard myself as a compassionate and worthwhile person. Okay. Good distinction to make. Uh, It seems that a lack of confidence can affect one's ability to create things or to be productive. I think I recently read something that said 
not having confidence in yourself does actually affect your productivity. Is that a fair thing to say? And if so, can you explain why that may be? Sure, 100%. Um, For example, um, if I told you I wanted you to go outside and, you know, lift a school bus, Mm -hmm. uh, you probably wouldn't even attempt it because you believe it's outside your range of ability. Right. So if if we have a certain amount of confidence about our range of ability, then that increases our motivation and that increases our productivity, which Mm -hmm. is why if we don't feel confident really about what it is that's on our you know, wish list or creativity list to do, uh, we can just start by creating some smaller steps for ourselves that we can do Hmm. and then building. Interesting. And are there emotional blocks too that might affect someone's confidence uh, when it comes to, because one of the big things about art and creativity is just being able to really be in tune with what you're feeling and express yourself. Is a lack of confidence something that can affect that as well? Sure. And there's actually a healthy lack of confidence as well. So, you know, it's okay to be self-aware. But yes, when it comes to um, artists and emotional blocks, um, I think that sometimes there's an emotional block around a sensitivity uh, to not wanting to put yourself out there before you're really ready. Um, And that can mean before your skills are where they need to be or before your ability to take people's feedback and reactions, whatever those might be, um, however your ability is to manage that. So um, I I do think sometimes when people get hung up on those things, um, sometimes they just kind of walk away from the whole project and it can be very debilitating. Mm. So again, that's why I keep coming back to the small steps thing. Um, You know, if if you want to write a novel but you're feeling emotionally blocked, I would suggest that you at least first start by, you know, um, writing three sentences of what the plot is going to be, <laughs> you know, or just smaller and smaller steps, and it will build on itself. That's really great advice. Some people seem to get ahead by coasting on arrogance. What's the difference between cockiness or arrogance and confidence? Cockiness and arrogance, yeah, I mean, some people get by on it, but some people also just irritate a lot of people with those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we might see somebody who appears to be getting by on cockiness and arrogance, but we have to ask ourselves what we really mean by getting by. Is that person really getting what we want? Mm. Um, so what we want is to be regarded by people in a positive way as a skilled person, Um that may not actually be what that cocky, arrogant person is really getting. Maybe they're just getting a big full room of people looking at them thinking that they're so cocky and arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yes, I mean, to a certain degree, you know, having the confidence helps. You know, I mean, if you were going um, to a financial planner and, you know, the person walked in the room, um, you know, dressed appropriately with their shoulders back and their head held high and looked you in the eye and said, good morning, Mr. Farr, and I'm here to help you with your financial life, that would um, at least get the person off to a better start than a person who shuffled in the room, you know, kind of looking down and said, um, you wanted to talk about finances. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. Uh, Very good point. So let's say there are people in the city, they want to get help. Obviously, they can go directly to you and get services from you for these sort of matters and others. Could you talk about that? Like, what's your website and how? what other things do you offer? Sure. Yeah, 
Um, well, I, I do have a website uh, for myself, which is Dr. Chloe, D-R-C-H-L-O-E.com. And then for other, you know, through the website or if you just go directly to my online anxiety tools, you can go to anxietytools.com. And that's where I have a lot of my favorite tools put into a video form. And there are some options to get into group calls and stuff because I actually work with people all over the world, which is interesting um, to talk about anxiety and confidence as it runs across, you know, cultures and situations. Hmm. Okay, great. Let's say someone does not live in the city. Obviously, they can go to those websites. But what are some things people with low self-esteem can do right after listening to this to gain some confidence so they can start trying to accomplish their goals? Well, number one, they can stop beating themselves up for low self-esteem because that's kind of a circular problem. I get a lot of people in my office that are they say, I realize that I, I have low self-esteem. I, I'm just so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, or we point out something called self-talk, which is the way that a person talks to uh, mm-hmm. himself or herself. And if you have an internal monologue where you're really putting yourself down um, in a way that's beyond just constructive criticism, um, mm-hmm. when you're crossing that line from self-discipline to self-flagellation, that's when your self-talk um, is not so good. So mm-hmm. uh, not surprisingly, a lot of people with low self-esteem have um, poor self-talk. And so when they, they're, they get stuck because they kind of beat up on themselves for having low self-esteem. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, what people out there could do is make sure that they start to regard their low self-esteem with a little bit more of a, of a compassionate, um, compassionate to neutral feeling is that it's just a, uh, an issue that they want to solve and that they want to work on as opposed to a quality that's good or bad about themselves. Mm, that's very good. Thank you so much for giving this advice and for taking the call. Anytime. I'm so glad you decided to have a psychologist on the show. All right. So I enjoyed that talk. I'm Me glad too. I got to do that. And uh, thank you to Dr. Chloe. Uh, what did you think about that? I thought it was great. Um, I, I thought that she gave some helpful tips. And I think it's great. I think it is really applicable to artists mm-hmm. because lack of confidence is a big hindrance to producing art. Did it do anything for you, though? I mean, like. Yeah. So a couple things that did for me mm-hmm. was I, I do sketch comedy, and mm-hmm. sometimes I just. Part of it's laziness, but part of it's also confidence. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just won't write a sketch, you know? But what she said about just baby steps, like, I could at least write down the idea for a sketch. Mm -hmm. I could write down some characters for a sketch. I could write down the first few lines for a sketch. You know, just start somewhere, you know? Yeah, having those baby steps. Writing out just the beats. Yes, yes. So that's good. Um, I also liked how she differentiated between self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, so you can still think you're a good person, even if mm-hmm. even if you do have a really bad lack of confidence. You or if you're not confident about doing a particular correct. thing, doesn't yeah. mean yeah. you have Sorry. to feel like you're <laughs> terrible. Yes. You know, like it's that negative self-talk that can really talk us out yeah. of trying to move forward. Yes. And oh, I also liked how she said, "Don't." make i'm not exactly sure remember how she worded it even though we just listened to it (laughs) but your lack of confidence doesn't make you a bad person it's just an aspect yeah you know and it's not even an aspect of you it's just like a thing Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know and a thing that 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 can change right yeah so it is 
that's all really good advice. And if anyone wants to know more, as she mentioned, you can go to anxietytools.com or to drchloe.com and check those things out. Check out some information and learning more about this can really make a big difference for you. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Chloe. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Chloe. Well, thank you, Justina, for being here. That is today's episode, this special Labor Day weekend episode of the podcast. You can find old podcasts, of course, on thereitispod.com, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. Just look us up and you can follow us on social media. Uh, follow at There It Is Pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Well, folks, until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.